I hit rock bottom. I was like, I can't film because every time I try to turn on the camera, I feel like everything I said was cringy. I feel like everything I said was embarrassing. Everything about me I feel is just dumb and stupid. I feel like I could burst out crying and screaming right now. She's tied down to her personality. If you don't like Emma, then you're not going to watch her videos. You know what I mean? It's a lot of weight and a lot yeah. of pressure. And hitting rock bottom forced me to refine my passion. Emma Chamberlain just managed to do something that most artists and creators have never been able to do successfully. And that's the fact that she's changed. She has completely switched up her format after four years on YouTube. All right, Emma Chamberlain, her burnout, how she's changed from it, and what that change means for all of us as creators. Now, if you're new here, this is the Colin and Samir show. I'm Samir. That's Colin. Yes. And we talk about the world of creators every week on this show. We do have an interview with Mr. Beast that's coming very soon to the channel. So make sure you're subscribed. And Colin, roll the intro. So Emma Chamberlain's been creating on YouTube for about four years now. And when she started, she was in high school. Summer 2017 was very good to me. During summer 2017, I started this YouTube channel. She said that she took to YouTube because she needed a creative outlet to distract her from her depression, from her anxiety, and that editing and making videos became that healthy, productive distraction. And now I have to go back to the one place that sucks out all of the happiness out of my life, and that is school. And I think the way her personality showed up on camera was just so relatable. She was so willing to talk about things and show things about life that were just so relatable and so accessible that over time, people started to develop a really strong bond and relationship with her personality because you were getting this raw look into someone's life that you could relate to. It was also before TikTok and at yeah. a time when Instagram was very fake, right? It was very mm -hmm. overproduced. Yeah. So it was the perfect time for someone like Emma to represent what a real American teen could look like, could sound like. She kind of like skyrocketed to success pretty quickly. I mean, you, you said in high school starting out, so like pretty soon after having millions and millions of people following her daily life. And she talks about on one of her recent podcasts how editing was what she started to love and really get into, and the editing became more and more intricate. Then I edited from basically nighttime until the morning time, and I didn't go to bed. I pulled an all-nighter. We know how I do. And you can tell when you watch her old videos, it's like you're just getting bombarded yeah. by jump cuts and sound effects and push-ins and yeah. zooms. Oh my God, that's the ugliest lighting. Whatever. I didn't have a boyfriend before and I wasn't expecting to have one after this video. So here we are. It's really, really engaging, but she said that that ended up becoming too difficult to keep up. If I wanted to be consistent on YouTube, I had to be constantly working on it 24 seven and I just couldn't do it anymore. So I handed the work off to an editor and for the past two years felt great about it. But over the past six months, I've developed this extreme level of self-hatred. Like if I was resting, I would feel guilty. You film a video and you send it off to an editor you don't even have to do anything. Why are you in bed all day? So this comes back to a video that we made a couple months ago about Emma Chamberlain and about the concept of idea-based creators versus relationship-based creators. So the concept with an idea-based creator is the content is all rooted in the idea. So I jumped in a pool of sharks. That's an idea, right? And like you might be interested in watching that regardless of who the creator is because the idea is interesting. On the other side is a relationship-based creator who is someone who can upload themselves going to the store and millions of people will watch because they're just interested in the relationship they have with that creator. And it's super dependent on that creator. 
you're not going to watch just anyone go to the store. It has to be that person because you feel like you have a connection with that person. And Emma is one of those creators. You look in her comments and people say that she's like their big sister, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's how they feel about Emma Chamberlain. Now, one thing that happens is you develop a parasocial relationship with this person, essentially thinking in your mind that you know this person. And for the creator, that happens at scale with millions and millions of people. I remember the first time we met Casey Neistat, it was very confusing because we had been watching him every day. And I was like, wait, I know this guy. But then he like introduces himself to me and I'm like, you're like, we don't need to do that. Wait, don't we know each other? In my mind, haven't I developed this like really intimate relationship with you? I've watched you have a kid. I've watched you <laughs> mow the lawn. I've watched you start a business. Like, I think we know each other. And that can be very powerful for a creator because you can make anything. Mm -hmm. But anything is actually your identity. Your identity becomes your craft. And so the second you get tired of your identity on camera or you're not interested in doing that anymore, your business is shattered. You've, you've essentially turned yourself into a product. And this concept is actually something that we talked to Mr. Beast about in our upcoming podcast. We wanted to play this clip for you guys because it's like we're talking to the ultimate idea-based creator about a relationship-based creator. In terms of YouTube, like I'm really curious your perspective on the vlogging format. Like mm -hmm. creators like Emma Chamberlain, her viewership is really significant. And sometimes she's just like, at her house making coffee and making a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Sure. Like, how do you think she captures that much attention? Well, I mean, it, it is entertaining. She's a naturally funny person, and, yeah. like, that is a skill. She's just a naturally witty and funny person. Like, Chris, in my videos, yeah. one of the wittiest people I've ever met in my life. At the same time, you're limited by your personality. Like, she's doing well. She's, you know, top 1% of creators, but... Yeah. She's tied down to her personality. If you don't like Emma, then you're not going to watch her videos. You know what I mean? And so there's only so big that can take you. And even if you do get super big, it's like literally just all on your shoulders. It's a lot of weight and a lot yeah. of pressure. So That is um, a lot of pressure because yeah. the, the product of the video is your personality. Well, yeah, because yeah. if you're depressed or you're yeah. going through stuff, you know, it's harder to make videos. You know what I mean? I, um, but yeah, but at yeah. the same time, like, you know, a lot of people just enjoy making that type of content. So there's a weight that creators like Emma have on their shoulders that Mr. Beast talks about that creators like Mr. Beast don't necessarily have. Yeah, like J Jimmy's videos obviously reach arguably like the most amount of people. Like I don't know anyone else who's making videos that are reaching that scale. But at the same time, you don't know much about Jimmy. It's not dependent on his personality or who he is as a person. It's dependent on the world that he can create within that video. And so you could, in a war, in some crazy world, you could imagine like a Mr. Beast video could be done by a Tesla bot. This is a never ending giant mountain of cash. Sure, by a Tesla bot. You potentially could never see Jimmy on camera and the videos would still be pretty interesting. This like, sounds interesting. Yeah. Mr. Beast in Espanol, Mr. Beast robot. Mr. Roboto. Mr. Roboto. Mr. Roboto. <laughs> Domo Argato. Now, on the other side, like with Emma, like the weights on her shoulders. Like she has brand partnerships to fulfill. She has this whole team probably around her. She has like all this stuff. And then additionally, she has millions of people who are like, where's the product? Where's the video? Yeah. You know, like I, I want to watch it. Like I'm, I'm here. I have a relationship with you. Like I need to see you keep living your life. Yeah. Like, I need to see you make coffee again. I need to see you make a sandwich again. Like I, I'm, I'm here for it. It's become part of my routine. Yes. And that is, I think the, the biggest danger and the biggest challenge of a parasocial relationship is that the audience feels like they that's part of their life and audiences are selfish. Like they're there for themselves to get something. 
you know, to get entertainment, to get a break, to get something. So they, they, they miss it when it's gone. And that's a lot of pressure for someone who has millions of people like that waiting on her. And Emma recorded a podcast titled Rock Bottom, which talks about, you know, sort of what being a relationship-based creator, being a creator like her, uh, has led her to having a deep sense of self-loathing, right? Overanalyzing her identity to the point where she no longer has confidence in her identity. I had to put my hands up and say, okay, I'm going to stop doing YouTube for a little bit. I'm going to take a break and figure this shit out. The main problem here is that I don't have a passion. And I really thought about it and I was like, you know, I think my passion is editing YouTube videos. And so I decided to start editing a video. Okay, so why don't we talk about her new style? So her new style is six videos so far at this point, mm -hmm. and it's on a playlist on her channel called Evolving. And every video has a one-word title, and a screenshot from the video is the thumbnail. Now, this is a far departure from what she was doing three years ago, if you look at some of her thumbnails. They're like very graphic designed. They're very graphic designed and they're rooted in some sort of idea where you know what's going to happen. Testing vegan fast food options, right? Yeah. Like something like that, where it's like, okay, I have some sense of what's happening in this video. I'd like to watch Emma do that. That's interesting. But now the video is titled Bed. Cool. Alterations. Haircut. Haircut. Haunted. You, you, Haircut was one that had a lot of tension in it. That was a good title, mm -hmm. thumbnail. But you look at the one most recently, cool. And it's her against like the pink wall here in West Hollywood. I have no idea what this video is going to be about. No idea. Which like, actually creates a lot of tension. Which is actually arguably more interesting. <laughs> if you know Emma. Yeah. If you're not Emma, you can't, you you can't, can't pull up that, that title. Thumbnail. No, you can't pull that off if you're a brand new creator. It used to be incredibly jump cutted, yeah. edited, tons of sound effects. Now it's like soundscapes and drones. Yeah. It's like an indie film. It moves a lot slower and it's, it's, it has a lot of shots. Like I think her video called cool starts with like 30 seconds of cats. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the antithesis to what's happening on YouTube right now, where, you know, even for us, like if you listen to our podcast episode where we talked about spending 72 hours with Mr. Beast, like we're obsessing over what's the first 30 seconds. Like how do we hook yeah. your attention? How do we make it high energy? How do we grab your attention in a way where you're going to want to listen to the whole thing? And this like slower pace, more, kind of like lo-fi, less produced experience is being really well received. We compared Emma to Seinfeld before. We said like, it's a show about nothing. Like she's just talking about the weather. She's talking about coffee. My favorite thing about Emma Chamberlain's new style is that now it's a show about anything. And if you're on the inside, if you like Emma Chamberlain, if you like her personality and you click on a video, literally every frame, I have no idea what's about to happen next. Yeah. And that is really fun. Like, I don't know where the scene change is going to take me. I don't know if I'm going to go into a vintage store. I don't know if she's going to just spend five minutes talking about black boots or white boots. Like it, it may cut at the end with a, a hard cut after yeah. she says, after she stares at the camera or something, you have no idea. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very like self voyeuristic where it's just like, I am observing myself, but it's, also in a way like voyeuristic of other people. She mm. walks through spaces. There's this one point where she's in a vintage store and she's filming someone in the back working and you feel like she's a ghost mm. in the store. Like no one can see her on one of her videos. There's a comment that said, this feels like a vlog from the last person on earth. Wow. And there is this sort of eerie stranger things yeah, yeah, yeah. feeling to some of the videos with, with even the music that she picks mm -hmm. as well. You know what I really liked about one of Emma's new videos. She was just talking. She just looks at the camera and she just farts and then just <laughs> keeps talking. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. 
And I was like, Emma? <laughs> I was like, wow, she's really done it. I also like the uh, top-down shots. Just as like a, a filmmaker and someone who's like really enjoys just creative shots, I love that she has this shot that's like from above and she's looking up at it. I think that's super cool. She does that in multiple videos. I love the new camera. It's so shitty. Yeah. It's just so bad. And yeah. sometimes she'll play footage without any music behind it. Yeah. And it just feels like a home movie from the 90s or the early 2000s, mm -hmm. which is so nostalgic. One person said in the comments, this is giving me dad filming his family opening <laughs> Christmas presents in 1992 vibes. And I was like, yes, my family has those videos. I love that. Every time we level up with cameras, we'll look back at the old cameras and we'll say like, man, what were we filming with a potato chip? Yeah. I don't know why we say that, that we call bad cameras potato chips. It's just because we're getting old and that's like a dad thing It's like a dad, yeah, yeah, I don't know what like it is. We're like, what were we say. filming with a potato yeah. chip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's filming with a potato chip. Yes. And I love it. Yeah. So I think for me, as a fan of Emma Chamberlain, at first I was kind of like, you know, the first video I saw, I was like, whoa, okay, this is, this feels different. This is totally different, Emma. By the sixth video, I'm like, I like this. This is, I'm good. Yeah, this is actually more enjoyable. This is more enjoyable for me. It's slower paced. I can watch this. She's so interesting and funny and like her personality carries it so much, like Jimmy said. And I think for me, as I, as I watch it, it's also as a creator, really refreshing to see someone who changed. Like she yeah. changed. She was like, I want to do something different. So this is from our issue in the published press about her change. And it says, it's a misconception that algorithms and audiences don't like change when it comes to their favorite creators. Emma's successful pivot is proof that true communities will stick around and want to be a part of the evolution. From a creator's perspective, it's important to embrace change in order to avoid boredom and burnout. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces here is around, um, you know, burnout. And the concept, the reason why this is so refreshing is because as a creator, like what you are is your person who has ideas and you bring them to life and you, you, you create things. And sometimes you craft a brand that then that becomes your product. That's what works. That's what people expect. And I think to zoom out and to take a look at what a YouTube channel is today, or even what a creator brand is today, it's much more like a show than it is like a network or a platform, right? So Emma Chamberlain's channel is a show. And the reason why this is a big deal, why we're even having this conversation is because she changed the show. The same way if, if we were watching The Office and the show completely changes, the style of the show changes. No longer docu-style, right? It's now this new, the reality TV format. You're like, wait, the style of the show changed. It feels different. So that's why this is a big deal. Now, additionally, as a creator, you want that ability to change. You want to know, but it's so scary. People who aren't creators, I'm not sure they know what that conversation is like. Like you and I are lucky to have each other, but the internal dialogue of like, can I upload something different is really intense. Am I changing for the better? And am I going to lose my ability to make money? Am I going to lose my career if I bring this new idea to life? Right. And I think that's, that's something that is really challenging for creators. And I think the one thing that, that we wrote here in the published press around communities, true communities will stick around. I think that is the focus. Now the focus of a creator is as you're starting to upload this content, you have to start thinking about how you're developing a community. Like how are you building a community where it's not just your content being received by an audience, but how does the audience now interact with each other? And the, essentially this concept of the creator economy and, and the creator world, even pre-social media platforms is very single player. You go to the movies, you watch a movie, that movie's made for you to watch, you walk out, right? 
But naturally, as audiences, we want to develop community around the things we like. So even when you see something like Comic-Con, now all of a sudden, a movie has become not a single player experience, but a multiplayer experience where I watch the movie, I dress up, I go to Comic-Con, I interact with each other. So I think that's what you're starting to see in the comments of an Emma Chamberlain video. The community's there. They want to talk to each other. Even if you look at r slash Emma Chamberlain, you look at the Reddit thread, everyone wants to talk about her new style. And I think actually turning your world into a multiplayer experience can actually take down the pressure. You know, you can, you think about Emma, like she has so much pressure to upload, but what if she can house her community in a place where they can engage with each other? What if they can create content together? What if someone can share their Chamberlain coffee recipe one morning uh, and someone else can respond with something different? Someone else can respond with their hummus sandwich. Now, all of a sudden you're in an environment where people are creating for each other and that need that parasocial relationship is actually getting scaled into a community. Yeah. If you look at her comments, there's a lot of conversation actually around mental health and around how this new editing style and some of the quotes from her videos are, are making people feel better. But that's yeah. a lot of weight to put on Emma Yeah, that every video has to make her audience feel a certain type of way. What if her community can support each other Yeah, right through what they're going through? It doesn't even have to be just, you know, Emma Chamberlain coffee, but just like life things, because that's a lot of what Emma will, will talk about, how she's right. feeling, right? She's still very raw in these videos. So I think the future of the creator world, because burnout's very real, like as creators ourselves, we've had very tough times, you know, like it's not easy. Like this stuff does weigh on you when you are trying to become your own product. That's really hard, especially when it's not working and no one deems your product valuable because you are your product. That's really hard to deal with. But over time, I think the focus of building a community and thinking about the community as its own form of creator, right? Where, where community members can create for each other and they can provide that similar experience. Like in Emma's case, like, is there almost like a peer support, right? Where like, the, the community is talking to each other about what's going on. They're making jokes for each other. They're making each other feel better. It's about shifting as a creator from your purpose being views to your purpose being the effect you have on your community. Right. Right. So that they can give that effect to each other. You know, there's a lot of creators, I think, that go through this where they, they feel like they're just doing what they're doing solely for views. Mm. And that can be a, a purpose that's hard to internalize, it's hard to control, it's hard to understand. But even just by titling the videos the way Emma has, clearly views are not the most important thing. Right. Community is the Community's most important thing. the most yeah. important thing. Because it's like, if you know, you know. Yeah. And I think that element of niche community is such a big part of the next chapter of what, what this all is, what the creator world is. Because those niche communities are really powerful. And... A great example of this is Yes Theory's community, the Yes Fam. So essentially, Yes Theory uploads videos, right? Their fans are self-organizing. They're meeting each other in all different parts of the world. They're going on adventures together. There was actually recently a proposal where two members of their community got engaged. Like now what you're seeing is that there is an environment where the Yes Theory fan base is creating the same effect that Yes Theory videos have on them together and for each other. They're doing it through online communities. They're doing it in person. And that takes a lot of pressure off of Yes Theory because that says it's not just about a Yes Theory upload. It's about actually all of us as fans meeting together, collaborating, communicating, and having these experiences, the same feeling that we were getting from watching Yes Theory. So I think in closing, it's just like, if we can learn anything from Emma 
first of all, it's like mental health is a huge priority, especially as creators. Like you get into this cycle of self-evaluation and like you have to take a step back and, and evaluate what you're doing and just prioritize your mental health. The second thing is that change is okay and it actually can be healthy. And the third thing is that communities should always be prioritized, especially in today's world. A community can actually be a creator. And I think thinking about your community in that way of saying, okay, that actually takes pressure off of what I'm doing. That's huge. Totally. The stronger your community is, the, the, the less pressure you have on yourself as a sole creator. And that really helps longevity. All right. If you're watching at this point in the video, you are part of the later gang, the gang that hangs out to the later part of the video. So right now, what we're going to do a few videos ago, we announced our published creator grant, which is a grant that came along with the merch drop we did. Where we're going to give away a thousand dollars to one creator to get them started on their creator journey. And we just used a random comment generator on YouTube. And our winner is out of Dublin, Ireland, Darag O'Keefe. How about that? Did I say that right? It's highly likely did. that I didn't. No, so I here's you how did. you, you guys can see it. It's on the screen. How would you say that? And also, Darag, if you're watching, did I say that right? So he wants to make videos about the intersection of architecture and sports, specifically lacrosse, which is super cool. And we're excited to give you this thousand bucks. So hit us up on email. And we'll make sure to get you the thousand dollars. Also, in our Mr. Beast interview that's coming up very soon on the channel, we will be giving away money. So, you know, just prepare yourself for that accordingly. How are they supposed to prepare themselves? Just mentally, mentally prepare yourself. All right. Thanks for watching this episode of the Colin and Samir show. Make sure you're subscribed. Mr. Beast interview coming soon. Colin, what we talked about today on the show, we've covered multiple times already in the published press. So if you want to hear about it first and get other stories from the creator economy, make sure to subscribe to the published press. All right. We will see you next week. Roll the outro.